throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Wayne and Jem Yildiz in the hizzle! Why do you start every episode with some sort of gangster shout out? Because I'm totally gangster. MC Wayne on the hype. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. In it. Wicked. 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 John, you're Liz Marcy. Anyway. Welcome to Powerful Nonsense. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again at 9 a.m. GMT time. On a Friday. Nah. Unless you're that. Unless it's not Friday and it's not 9 a.m. Because yeah. it could be any time. Any time. That's the, that's the wonders of podcasting. Anyway, Wayne, today, what are we talking about and why on earth are we talking about it? <laughs> we are talking about willpower and stress. Yep, and it is part of is it part of, it's part of the trilogy. Part of the New Year trilogy. The trilogy that is the better you, the better twenty fifteen. Yes. That thing. That thing. Yeah. And um yeah, so we're talking about willpower and stress because obviously you've got certain things that you want to accomplish this year which require willpower, but then also stress sometimes gets in the way and then your willpower decreases because you're stressed and blah 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 blah. So basically why people don't reach those things, those targets or whatever they are, the themes of the year, why that's not going to happen if you do not control your willpower and your stress levels. And basically you've actually gone away and listened, well you watched a few videos and I've been reading a book by Kelly McGonagall, 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 it's a great book. Not Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Yeah, I was wondering where I heard that name from. It's spelled different. Yeah, so her... And I'm reading her book, Willpower, at the moment, which is amazing, and it's so funny. I'm actually like, laughing to myself when I read it, because you're like, that is me. Oh, that's why I do that. It's really, really good book. So, number one, get it. But we're going to... But listen to the podcast first. Listen to the podcast first, because we're probably going to, as usual, summarise things down for you, kind of take out the points that we feel have related to us, and discuss them. So, where do we want to start, Wayne? Uh, well... I want to start at the beginning because it's a very good place to start. Cool. <laughs> so, no, well, let's talk more about how is stress and willpower linked. Okay, do you want to start us off? <laughs> I love how you're going to start. I love how you throw me straight into the corner. Basically, well, the first thing, actually, if we're going to start at the beginning, let's start with the first point. And one thing that I really like that um, Kelly says in her book is that we are all suffering from this massive sort of personal energy crisis. And she's saying, obviously, if you're, if you're working so hard, if you're not sleeping much, if you're not taking care of your health, then it's more likely that your energy in your body is pretty damn low. And so when it comes to kind of doing things that you know need to be done, such as maybe if that's starting a business, if that's getting your website live, if that's... Um, I know start going to the gym if you're constantly depleted of energy and you're not in a good place you're way more or less likely to do it because you're always you're going to be it makes it a lot easier to find the excuse not to do it yes and obviously the role over there is that the more stressed you are that is eating up at your willpower mm-hmm. and a point that she makes in the book is that everybody has a certain allowance per day of willpower mm-hmm. and the way is that you can look at it is like at the beginning of the day you wake up and you're fully charged so they say usually 
most people who are trying to get fit and healthy, they might start the day with a really excellent breakfast, but if they're at work and they've got loads of emails, got loads of work, they get a bollocking from their boss or something like that happens or you're in stri- like you get really stressed, the trains aren't running right, you're, you're delayed, you have to be at the train station, it's more likely that you're gonna go and say, actually, I'm gonna go reach for that chocolate bar while I'm waiting because I've had mm-hmm. to deal with this all day. I get good in the morning, therefore I deserve a treat and I mean, how often? I mean, not so much you because you're such a health freak. But to those out there, like me, that don't have much willpower when it comes to things like eating healthy and things, how often have you come home from work and be like, do you know what? I'm just going to bung a pizza in the oven because it's really easy. I think loads of people do that. And I think the thing is... Do you do it, Jim? Do I? I have done it before, but (laughs) (laughs) it's been known that I might have a pizza here and there. But I think the main thing is, is like what I love about um, her book is that the key, what she says really is be aware of why you do these behaviors. So Mm -hmm. there are reasons why you don't do the things that you're meant to do. And Mm -hmm. there's certain times of the day that are better for you to do the thing that you should do, which is kind of like we spoke about, like the, the next episode that's going out is about morning routines. It's kind of getting that thing that's most important done in the morning because it's your it's your time where you're you've got the most willpower Mm -hmm. and so yeah people fail at certain things doing certain things or fall off the bandwagon but what i love about her book is there's so many like um studies that she um shares about where people have sort of tested what what makes people more likely to um to like uh to fail at something Mm -hmm. and one thing that really i remember a lot from the book is sort of she talks about like the layout of supermarkets and this idea that um it's neurologically and like psychologists psychologists have seen that by putting the freshest, healthiest produce at the beginning of the store, instantly you feel great about yourself because now you've done something really good for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you're more likely to buy more bad things after you've treated yourself to a load of good things. And the same applies like in the morning. If you have, Mm -hmm. like I said earlier, if you have that good breakfast in the morning, you're more likely to do a negative behavior later on in the day. So why is that? To be honest, the way it works is that, I, I don't know exactly, right. like it's one of those things they like, they, it doesn't make sense. Why would that happen? Uh-huh. But a lot of the time it is because of say, that um, that drop in your, your willpower energy. Mm-hmm. So if, if you've, like I say, if you get stressed at work, that mm-hmm. burns into your energy. So you're more likely right. to go for that reward at the end of the day that picks you back up. Right, so it's not so much that you've gone, I've done something good, so now I'm gonna do something bad. It's just more the fact that you've gone, okay, it's taking me a lot of energy to do this good thing. So then by the time you get to the op- having the option of doing something bad, you're like, it's gonna take me a lot of energy to not do it, so therefore I'll do it because it's easier. That, but also she talks about this thing of how we discount things as well. So because you've eaten really good, you then discount the effect of the bad thing. So you think it'll be less bad on you uh, because you've had something good. Right. So a lot of the time, like entrepreneurs will So I've had a salad today, therefore I can have a McDonald's. Yeah, right. exactly, something like that. Or the same way that with all these produce in the shop, it says fat-free or 90 calories, and mm-hmm. so you eat free, which is more than if you ate the one that was the high-calorie one. Right. And so our brains are not very good at kind of figuring out the actual mass of it. Mm-hmm. And like another thing she really, she really talks about a lot is this idea that we cannot, we really, most of us are really separate from our future selves. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, yeah, massively. So you kind of look at the person in the future and you say, well, how much am I saving for him? How much am I exercising for him mm-hmm. or her, that future me? Or how, yeah, am I putting money in the bank every month to make sure that that future me is okay? Mm-hmm. And the problem is most people, literally they've shown in the kind of studies mm-hmm. that the future person is like a stranger to you. You don't mm-hmm. have any personal connection with them. Right. And so 
what they actually did, a really interesting study they did was actually get people to see like an older version of themselves on um, on a screen. So they made right. them old like 30, 40 years. And then and they did it with two groups of people. And one group, they then said, how much money of your weekly income are you gonna actually um, invest in that future you? And the person that actually got to see the future self, this visualization of them, actually put more money away. Okay. And so a problem with willpower a lot of the time is that we hate things, we, most people want that instant gratification, mm-hmm. and so we'll take the now over and to know that that future us is more likely to be hurt by our choices today, but uh-huh. because the instant gratification's there, that's where a lot of people fall down. Okay, so where does the stress link in then? Stress in all of this sort of stuff. Again, I'm not a neuro- neuroscientist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm just sort of, these are just points I'm making up. Mm-hmm. But where I see it is, is stress is again, it's that sort of meter, it's that depletion. If you're kind of doing something, that is depleting that energy, what happens yeah. is your brain, uh, like we said, there's, she talks also about like um, sugars and glucose in the brain, and okay. this front, prefront, prefrontal cortex obviously makes a lot of our decisions, it's our emotional <clears throat> brain, and so when that's depleted, which stress does to us, right? then you're more likely to have these sort of willpower failures. Right, so where the stress comes in is the stress uh, naturally depletes your willpower. Mm-hmm. And the thing so, is, companies as well like when you do things they actually this is this is another interesting study you said that what McDonald's actually found you know like McDonald's brought the healthy foods mm-hmm. into their menu mm-hmm. what actually happened was that because they had a healthy option on the menu the amount of bad foods purchased went up right because interesting. now it's interesting because what it is is there's now a, a bigger chasm so if there's a good and a bad mm-hmm. there's more stress because there's more choice Right. And so because of that chasm, you're more likely to go for, because it's a stressful choice, do I go for the healthy, do I go for the bad? Uh-huh. And most people go for instant gratification. And while you're sitting, like we, I said earlier, like once you are once you see a bad piece of food or bad something that you want to do, mm-hmm. the, because your brain, your brain wants that instant gratification, you get this massive release of dopamine right. and your blood sugar drops. And so your body primes you to take the instant gratification because primarily that's what you need. You need to get that food in your system because you might have had to wait three months before your next your next proper good meal or two weeks or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's an old system, but you kind of can train it. Okay. And, and I know the way I'm that, the way that, I know it's, no, it's good. It's I good. feel you know more about this than I do. No, no, it's good. I think it's good. It helps me to sort of remember different, arg- different so studies. if in that case you, or you see an option for, let's say, salad versus Big Mac, okay? Mm-hmm. You're saying that your your body automatically primes you for the Big Mac. Well, I your body goes Big Mac. As much as you might be like, I should probably have the salad. It's better. Your yeah. body goes Big Mac. I think if you found yourself in that place, your body's already saying Big well, Mac. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. And so, but that's the problem. But but let's let's put it let's put it another way. You're in a restaurant, mm-hmm. okay? And they do a wide variety of foods, and it's like. Uh, I'm trying to think of a really healthy dish, but just a really healthy meal versus burger yeah. and chips. Yes, yeah, so you know, okay, a neutral place. You've you seen do the menu, good or bad. you've seen the menu, you've seen some really healthy stuff, and then you see burger and chips. Mm-hmm. Is your body automatically going to go, oh, burger and chips? It's not, it, 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 there's so many different, like, possibilities. I mean, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. It depends. So if that's in the evening and you've had a bad day at work and you're with a friend who likes to have bad meals, you're way more likely to have the pizza with him. Whereas if you met you me, it's a bad influence. <laughs> Kind of, it's that social proof is a massive yeah, yeah. sort of influence on whether you do or don't do something. Whether the difference is that, okay, it's the morning, me and you go for a meal, Jen mm-hmm. orders a scrambled egg with a green avocado salad, uh-huh. you are more likely now 
to have the same sort of meal as me unless you woke up and you've, you've not slept well the night before mm-hmm. you're feeling stressed you're like something's not worked out if you didn't get that acting gig you wanted you might go for the higher reward food mm-hmm. and so really it's not about just <laughs> I feel like you're painting a very depressing picture of my life right now. <laughs> no 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 it's, I think the thing is is that there's loads of these little triggers that cause these sort of willpower losses yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just literally being aware of them and that's why like a lot of the time like she said just taking uh, like she was talking another study that she spoke about is with smokers trying to quit mm-hmm. and she says a lot of the time this guy there's one example and he was trying to cut down on man he was smoking and what he did was every time he had the feeling to smoke he said I'm going to wait 10 minutes before I have the cigarette and mm-hmm. so it delays the time and it's I think I mean, that delay gives you an opportunity to kind of think about do I really need it is it the feeling is it just the emotional right. part of it that I want or do I actually want the actual cigarette and so it's often if you're if you're in a queue for really long probably at like the takeaway mm-hmm. often if the queue is too long you just say sod it I'm not getting it and you'll leave like I've done that I don't know if that's just me maybe in a takeaway just be you. but <laughs> you're more likely that more time you've got Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've got a good New Year's resolution and you're in a queue for takeaway and it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're still in the queue, mm-hmm. it gives a chance for your wives to come and it's like, why am I trying to lose weight? But, and that's a good point as that well, is, a good point. is that a lot of the time when we have these sort of losses in willpower, it is because, first of all, our emotional brain is sort of taken over mm-hmm. and we're kind of quick fixes and maybe we're under a lot of stress. And what that means also, I mean, I wrote a blog post on this, is that you've kind of fallen away from the reason why you're acting, you want to act in a certain way. Right. And so often to kind of take a step back and say, why why wouldn't I want to eat this takeaway? Oh, because I've got that holiday booked um, for, the, for the summer mm-hmm. or because I feel really lethargic or because I want to be able to run around with my kids. I want to be healthy. The doctor said I should probably do this. And if you, as soon as you tap into that, the reason why you want to do a different behavior, it will kind of be that sort of block in between. But then, like I say, if you're stressed and you had a crap day and your things aren't going well, mm-hmm. it's literally that kind of, I think I think I put it into here, it's kind of, um, let me just get what she calls it. Yeah, it's the what the hell effect she calls it. And right. I think a lot, of pro- the pro- a lot of problem that people have is like, what the hell, like sod it, YOLO, let's just get what we want right in the moment. Can't believe you just said YOLO. No, but that's what the, the what the hell effect is the YOLO effect. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of I'm not I don't see the future. I don't see myself in the future, and so I'm not going to invest in something today that mm-hmm. I think is going to be in ben- benefit me in 20, 30 years time. Right. Yeah. So it's choosing the short term rather than the long term. Yeah. And I think people who like the pension stuff have the biggest problem. Like, how do you convince someone to put money away now for for twenty, thirty years in the future? And that's mm-hmm. why I said they had that sort of study. Okay. Um, so I want to I want to talk about. I feel like you're asking me like I'm the scientist. But I, I like I know, it. I know, I know. I know what you're saying. I, I just feel because obviously you've read a lot more about this sort of stuff than I have, so I feel like you are more yeah uh, in a position to actually explain things. But I might have said certain things incorrectly. That's why I would say go back to the book. But the bits that stood out for me are the bits I keep telling people. And I'm like, did you know this? Did you know that? And it's mm-hmm. so yeah, you can ask away. So I want to talk about stress a little bit mm-hmm. because. Uh, Kelly McGonagall mm-hmm. has done a TED talk about stress, which is her new book coming out in March. Which yes, yeah, I think is available for pre-order. I'm not like her <laughs> sales representative, but it's just <laughs> one of her books. Been one of the best books I've read in mm-hmm. a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the reason I want to bring it up is because obviously we're talking about stress and how that affects willpower and how basically we're talking about it from a negative effect but she also talks about how stress is actually a very good thing mm-hmm. and I, I, I am very much paraphrasing because I haven't watched the TED talk in a while mm-hmm. um, so do go back and watch it 
Mm-hmm. Um, you just type in Kelly McGonagall, M-C-G-O-N-I-G-A-L, into TED, you'll find it, how to make stress your friend. But the bulk of what she's saying, if I remember rightly, is that stress is a survival mechanism, mm-hmm. um, which turns on when your body or your brain realizes that you are in a state of threat, mm-hmm. which and stress is the mechanism which is turned on to give you the extra strength, the extra adrenaline, the extra whatever, in order to survive that threat. Mm-hmm. So actually, despite everybody being like, oh, stress is terrible, like, you're ill, it's probably stress, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 stress is actually a very good thing if you frame it that way and you use your stress as a good thing. And in fact, in fact I think she references a study where they, where she says that statistically speaking so take it with a pinch of salt but statistically statistically speaking people that view stress as a positive thing live longer than those that view stress as a negative thing okay my take on it is really i think there's i think there's two different types of stress like i think that well there's stress and it is how you perceive it but a lot of things like when it comes to willpower this is her new book so when it comes to willpower stress is something that will de- deplete your choice I think it, like she says it gives you like fatigue mm-hmm. it, it takes away but the point you're making which I think is really really good and it's really cool because actually me and Junior had that conversation on the podcast where we were speaking about he, he talked about how um, he bumped into somebody in the toilet mm-hmm. who, who yeah, yeah. did you remember and basically yeah. he said oh um, this guy I told him that I had a book mm-hmm. and then next week someone calls him up and says okay I'm going to see your book mm-hmm. that is good stress so sh- throw your trainers over yeah. the fence chuck the trainers over the fence create stress that you have to get something done mm-hmm. so I think in terms of what she's saying in that part mm-hmm. yes stress is amazing mm-hmm. stress but you can also say stress is you putting really bad food into your body which causes mm-hmm. inflammation on the body which is a type of stress on the body which is more likely to ruin your willpower ruin your energy ruining because yeah, yeah to do that exactly. to yourself that would be a stress as well so i understand but what I you're saying say that that's very much a stress that's in your control yeah but so is the idea of throwing shoes out of the thing you can naturally create the stress of yourself in the same okay, way you create the personal stress on yourself yeah, yeah, i know what you're saying so I, I think yeah you can definitely make use of stress but i think just because you're feeling rushed around, like I think it's the definition of stress in our mm-hmm. society. People say stress means you're running around, you're mm-hmm. stressed, you look like shit. <laughs> That's how they see it. But her stress is kind of creating exactly like Junior said, is creating those sort of mm-hmm. I have to do it. It's a do or die, like mm-hmm. where you force yourselves. It's kind of like when people say, well, I've got a kid on the way, mm-hmm. so I need to become an entrepreneur. I need to earn more income on the side mm-hmm. or it's kind of those sort of false stresses, which I think is what she's talking about. It's like, if you want to get fit, you, you enter, enter yourself into a marathon or you enter yourself into a, a Spartan run or... I know, I know what you're saying, but I'm also seeing the difference um, being similar to being ill because you're ill or being ill because you're hungover. Do you know what I mean? Not particularly. Because if, if you're talking about stress because you've been eating bad food, yeah. like that's like being ill because you've been out drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas... I'm more talking about stress that's not self-imposed stress. But then what would that be then? So that might be work-related stress. That might be But what, turning that into stress. something that's good? What? I, have a, I haven't watched the video, so I don't know about okay. this part. Because I, I feel that in the video she is talking about stress as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a com- as a complete thing. Because she's, she's talking about it being a... So, like, for instance... If I go on stage, yeah, 
going to refer to me as he does as I do um, if I'm going to go on, st- on stage I might be nervous now that mm-hmm. nervousness is a form of stress yeah but I have I am trained to take nerves and use those nerves to propel my performance or to add energy but it's also going to make you more likely to study your craft a little longer because you're trying to put on the best performance therefore that stress uh, yes, is also uh, yes a and no thing. yes and no because I don't think I think you can well there have been um, very well known and and still very well known and successful actors that have actually had genuine stage fright and no longer do theatre anymore. So no matter how well trained you are, you could still in- encounter that level of stress. So it's not a self-imposed stress, that's a stress that has been imposed because of the situation and whatever else is going on. Um, and then it's transforming that into a positive as opposed to a negative. So it's, it's again, it's the survival mechanisms kicking in and being aware that it's a survival mechanism rather than a oh no, I'm nervous, therefore this is going to go terribly wrong. Well, I think, I get what she's saying, but I think the main thing is that sort of the, the contrast between what we currently think of stress. Like, with, mm-hmm. without stress, you wouldn't be standing up now. Without certain stresses, you wouldn't be able to do, you wouldn't even get out of mm-hmm. bed in the morning without mm-hmm. a stress. Stress is, like you say, it's a survival mechanism. It's actually there to motivate you. Mm-hmm. The idea that you might have a roof over your head if you do not, A, become an entrepreneur or go and have a nine-to-five or do mm-hmm. something it causes stress, which causes motivation. Like, mm-hmm. you have to have stress. Mm-hmm. I think maybe what she's seen in the study is that the the way you relate to stress is what she's sort of trying to yes, sort of... Yes, that's exactly what she's trying to say. Exactly. So I think that's probably what her argument is. It's not that, yeah, it's how you relate to it might have a better effect. So if you say, mm-hmm. well, I'm meant to feel stress going mm-hmm. on to stage, therefore, mm-hmm. let's just be cool with it and understand this stress is helping me in this situation. Yeah, that's exactly what she's saying cool so we've met there at least i I haven't i haven't watched the video so i'm just trying to sort of fathom it myself Mm -hmm. but um yeah sounds interesting i know i'm definitely gonna buy that new book because i got so much out of her her initial one um is there any other sort of um just trying to think of what you think like how we can sort of relate to what sort of willpower challenges you think people especially entrepreneurs who are probably starting out or people who are kind of doing their thing what sort of willpower things they might struggle with and maybe give some advice or well i i think i think one thing certainly uh, i mean with regard to certainly uh this being a new year and people wanting to achieve new things and all that sort of stuff um obviously there are going to be moments where you fall off the horse mm-hmm. um and that is down to willpower it's also down to stress that you're putting because also if you're trying to make these changes you are putting your body through some sort of stress mm-hmm if you're trying to make significant changes in one big fell swoop, like you are going to put your body under stress, whether that's a positive change or a negative change, because it's a change. Mm-hmm. And your body's going to spend a little bit of time going, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why are you putting all these green things into me all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? I'm used to orange food. Um, beige. <laughs> beige food, yeah. Um, so your body is going to go through a little bit of a, like, oh, this is weird. Um, if you're trying to cut sugar out of your diet, you are going to, particularly if you go cold turkey, you know, you are, your body is going to go, no, and you are going to have those moments of temptation and you are going to give in. Um, it's almost inevitable because that's what your body is telling you to do. And it kind of goes back to those, you know, if you're given the choice of the good or the bad, particularly later on in the day, you're much more likely to go for the bad. So it's fine. Um, I think a lot of the time we talk about this though, it's kind of don't, 
most resolutions fail if you go all in. It's like, I've signed up to the gym in January, so I'm going to go every day for the next month. Mm -hmm. That's a bad way. So initially, you're going to burn your willpower. You're going to deplete it to the mm -hmm. max. Another really, really great point. I'm happy you've said that last bit because you made you reminded me. And if we relate it back to entrepreneur who maybe goes, works hard, and then has something bad. This is a thing that I see most people sort of uh, fail with, mm -hmm. is that when they do something, so I ate a burger, Mm -hmm. most people or like I went to McDonald's had a McDonald's and then the next day like, oh, I was bad that I went to McDonald's I had oh, I, I did it I ate badly yesterday because I had McDonald's mm -hmm. and one thing that she really says in a book that I think is really powerful and I've literally been taking it on board because I do this myself mm -hmm. is that not to sort of give it a category don't label things as good and bad because mm -hmm. as soon as you label something, she says that our natural tendency is to do, is like to kind of go and do the opposite. So if, if right. you do something, and this works mostly badly because most people would label a good resolution or a good change as, it's a good thing, like I am So could you, could you give, because I'm slightly lost, could you give an example of good versus bad? Okay, somebody, we're gonna go with January, everyone's probably trying to eat better, trying mm -hmm. to lose weight. Okay, cool. Okay, we'll go with the eating better. Mm -hmm. So the person in January says, okay, I'm gonna eat, I've seen what's good, they eat a whole week of healthy stuff, or say three days worth of healthy stuff, and then they see a box of chocolates to go around their friends, and they eat three or four chocolates, and they say, oh, that was bad. Right. I've ruined that day, I've right. ruined it, and they stop doing their, because they've labelled right. it as bad now, mm -hmm. they think they've messed up and it's gone. Rather right. than saying, oh, it's okay, like, that's okay, everyone has to slip up, I'm only human, get back on mm -hmm. it tomorrow. Most people will then continue binging, so maybe he goes right. out in the evening and then gets a pizza, well, I fucked up earlier because I got those yeah, chocolates. Yeah, so I may as well carry on. I might as well carry on. And then once you've done one day, you say, well, I've probably messed it up now and you, you mess up. Whereas she just says, stop labelling good and bad, and then you're more likely to kind of be more sustainable. Like everyone says to me, I'll So how should you view, let's let's go with the the chocolate scenario. Mm -hmm. So how should you frame the chocolate thing in your mind if you're not framing it as good or bad? You just say it's normal, it's like part of my diet, like I can do it. Like my, my way of seeing when it comes to diet is like 90 to 95% of the time mm -hmm. eating well, mm -hmm. and if I feel like having a chocolate or whatever, I mm -hmm. have it and I don't label it as right. anything. So it's almost like the cheat day kind of thing. Never, well the cheat day is also, I like it because it gets like a release, so it is mm -hmm. good, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't, even by labeling it a cheat, I still you're it still bad. labeling it as a bad thing yeah, to yeah, do, yeah. and you're more likely to feel really crap after that cheat day mm -hmm. because you labeled it as a bad day. Right. Whereas it's better to you say, well, it's just part of being human. I go out and have a donut every now and then, right. which I think is way more sustainable. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I think is that a lot of people are too busy, too quickly to label stuff. Or I'm being good because mm -hmm. I exercise this week. I'm being fitter now. This January is my January because I'm going to have a good January. Well, okay. that means you're setting yourself up for a bad potential February. Right. Yeah. So I really like what you said about label. And there's loads of studies that they did loads of studies on loads of people with this kind of concept. Mm -hmm. Could you blame one or should I? I don't, if, I don't, if you want to. No, I don't think it's necessary. Honest. But there's loads of studies like that on why okay. labelling a situation can be really bad as well for yourself. Okay. Um, another thing as well is, um, and I, I think we say this all the time, tiny, tiny, tiny baby steps. Build yeah. and build and build and build and build. Like, I'd been doing, obviously, my acting gig for all of December. So 5th of January came around. It was my first day of not really having done the show. I was like, right. I am ready to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a two-hour nap halfway through the day. <laughs> but I got everything done yeah. um, throughout the day because mm -hmm. I did. Some, I kind of went, oh, I'm really flagging now, I'm going to have a nap. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. 
But then, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of if you are looking at the, oh, I want to work harder or I want to eat better or whatever, it, again, it goes down to that. Allow yourself the moments of, of take the foot off the gas and just kind of one, chill out. One thing that she talks about a lot is that they understand that initially when you start out doing something new, like your willpower to do it is pretty low. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you play a game, you have to level up in mm-hmm. how good your willpower is. So I want to get to a level 10 of willpower, which means by doing these little things, so you start off doing 10 push-ups in the morning and that's your workout. Mm-hmm. That builds up the willpower muscle. She says it's not like an actual muscle, but it's actually like in your brain, mm-hmm. the more things you do that control yourself, like for me, my probably health willpower muscle for what I eat is way higher than somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And so that takes time to build up. And that's what people have to see. Whereas if you kind of go all hard and you've got a small tank of willpower mm-hmm. for your how much you eat or how much work you get done in a day and you burn that straight away fast, of course you're going to feel like crap after. It's like even today we've done we've done a lot of hard work with the podcast. Mm-hmm. We are now way more likely to do sabotaging behaviours later on today. Yeah. Because we feel, okay, we've been super productive in the morning. Mm-hmm. It allows me to treat myself. Right. Yes. Which, again, is a, a common thing that people do. So mm-hmm. you kind of say, well, I worked really hard on my business, but then you go out partying in the evening mm-hmm. or you sabotage your sleep or stuff like that. Or they, a lot of entrepreneurs let their health go. They work so hard on their business mm-hmm. that the food part becomes a, a reward. It's like, okay, this is the part. I think I'm not, I feel like unstressed. I feel really like relaxed. And then they go for food or drink or whatever else it might mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if there's any other bits, but like I say, her book is one of the most fantastic books I've read in the last, say, six months because oh, it's wow. just... Literally, he, read, literally, he reads a lot of books. <laughs> so for me, it was just really eye-opening to see, oh, that's why you make the failure. And to know, like she says, the number one thing is awareness of why you have those failures. Most people don't know and they think, I'm just mm-hmm. a bad person because I fell off the bandwagon, but mm-hmm. you set yourself up for it perfectly. Yeah. And just to be aware of those is just going to help you out a lot there is one thing I want to touch on which we haven't spoken about yet and we have I mean I think we did do a podcast I think we did a whole podcast ages on it. ago yeah. but it's a really really simple thing if you are I mean most New Year's things is all about like trying to improve and things like that one of the best things you can do is change the your environment around you to make the the I know we shouldn't say this but the bad decisions harder to accomplish than the good decisions mm-hmm. so rather than let's say put put the bottle of coke like several rooms away and just have a constant supply of water in your room mm-hmm. is really going to make you drink a lot more water than it is coke because it's a lot of effort to go and grab the coke when you're thinking oh i want a bit of a drink you just mm-hmm. grab the water and, and take a swig of it sometimes without even realizing it and it's just things like that um make all the difference and it's, it's a small small change but really effective I yeah I mean, I think after the new year people the thing that I found even over Christmas of course I just indulge and have a lot of food and enjoy myself and so really you've kind of now got my, I've got my body in this sort of reward system where I expect it and then most people have all like the junk still around the house or mm-hmm. they still have things that remind them of the Christmas still around the house the alcohol's on display and so it's so easy and so like you say there it's kind of setting up your environment so mm-hmm. No, or you plan ahead, you get your meals cooked at the beginning of the week that are healthy that are for the rest of the week, or you put two big bottles of one, like one and a half litre bottles in your fridge and say, I'm going to drink these today mm-hmm. and I'm going to chuck out the Coke or I'm going to, like you say, put it in a, situ- a place where I have to get up on a chair to get it down. Mm-hmm. And these are like, we did we did do a whole episode yeah, on that. Did, yeah. But I do think like that again is being highly aware of how 
environments and people get paid thousands this is some people's jobs to create environments to make you do certain behaviors mm -hmm. it's the same reason why um if you're in the uk i've got the shop where you it's very dark inside and it smells really nice i think there's a, like a clothing shop in westfield right and it i forgot what it's called and it's usually got the models outside with their abs and stuff and right. you kind of some people queue up to go in and it's it's this dark nice room it's very calm in there the lights are dim you've got these great scents you've got these very beautiful um staff around the place and what that naturally does is put you into a relaxed situation oh wow and so companies know how to play with these little things that you're unconscious of mm -hmm. so that you're if you if you feel more relaxed you're way more likely to spend more money and so in the same way that if your environment doesn't kind of mm -hmm. stimulate you to do the kind of habits that you want to develop, then obviously you're setting yourself up to fail, really. So we're going to do some guided meditation now, and then we're going to talk about a new product that we're going to sell. Well, the breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that might be a, a new product in the future. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's, just, it's, it's all down to awareness. When it comes to okay. willpower, be aware there are things that are setting you up to do those, to fall back into those old ways. And you've got to think, you've got to build up that tank, that muscle of willpower that kind of helps you to get through things. And yeah, yeah start with little small bite-sized stuff. Go back to our episode, listen to the one about setting up your environment for success. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just hopefully you've got something out of there. It's just, uh, it's very interesting to see the kind of studies. And I read a lot of psychology books and the stuff that I was hearing in her book, well, I was just like, I never thought that, but it makes so much sense. It really, really did hit home for me. So, yeah, check it out, please. And I'm sure the next book on stress, which I'm now going to go away and actually probably watch that video, which would probably be beneficial. <laughs> yeah, probably would be. <laughs> and, yes, and I'm sure she's making some really good points in there, too. Indeed. So, we shall start wrapping Oop. So... As always, we want your feedback. We want your episode ideas. We want your questions. We want anything from well not anything from you just it'd be nice to hear from you guys so if you want to let us hear from you email email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com and that's spelled c-e-m or if you prefer the twitters then tweet me at wayne underscore ingram or tweet me at c-k-y-i-l-d-i-z head on over to powerfulnonsense.com have a look around. There's some old episodes on there. Some random blog posts as well. And if you actually sign up to the newsletter, I put together a PDF of my actual sort of day-to-day -day guide, a health guide, what I eat, what I do, how I exercise. And it works for me. It might not work for you, but I'm sure you'll find something in there that's useful. So you can do that too. Boom. And also, hop onto iTunes. Leave a nice little review. That'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. And maybe do it in the morning because you'll have more willpower then and you'll have the time rather than at night time where you think, sod it, I want to go to bed. Which means you're also more likely to write a nice review. So Very true. Cool. So um, have a great week, day, month. Yeah. And yeah, get your willpower in check. Yeah, boy. See you later. See you. Bye.